Hey guys, this is Milan Milan. We are here for Bible study. It is Revelation chapters 16, 17, and 18. We're talking about the seven bowls in chapter 16 to start us off. Now before we begin, let's just say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to reach anyone, Lord, who's listening, for the events to come. Everything in your word is true. I ask that you impress on their hearts today, Lord, in such a profound way that if they have not given their lives to you, that they will. Anyone who has, Lord, I ask that you strengthen their love for you and for truth and to do your will. Amen. All right, saints. So... What I'm going to do is before, I'll read off the chapters and then we'll go and go through the verses. (laughs) All right. So Revelation 16, it is talking about the seven bowls. This is the last part of the um, series where it was the seals and then there were the trumpets and now we're at the bowls. And for anyone who's interested, today I am out of the New King James Version. I will flip-flop it times from King James to New King James. So today is the New King James Version. And it starts as, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to me, I'm sorry, saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. So the first went out and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became blood as of a dead man, and every living creature in the sea died. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and spring water, and they became blood and i heard the angel of the water saying you are righteous o lord the one who is and who was and who is to be because you have judged these things for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets and you have given them blood to drink for it is their just due And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. And they did not repent and give him glory. 
the fifth angel poured out his bow on the throne of the beasts and his kingdom became full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain they blasphemed the god of heaven because of their pains and their sores and they did not repent of their deeds the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river euphrates and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared and i saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet for they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of god almighty behold i am coming as a thief blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. Now the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Then every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And great hail from heaven fell upon men. Each hailstone was about the weight of a talent. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was exceedingly great. All right, now to break this down, I'm going to go into the verses. The first bowl was for those who had the mark of the beast and they received boils. So people who received the mark, which we as Christians are instructed to not accept the mark. These are the ones who accepted the mark of the beast and they received boils. All right. Now, if you think back to a parallel um, story back when Moses um, Moses had caused the boils to come on Pharaoh and his people. Remember, that was one of those ten plagues that um, God has given him the power to cause these boils, and it came upon the people of Pharaoh. Now, the bowl number two, bowl number two, what this affected was like the trade of commerce, fishing, and boating, because this was on the sea. And then thinking of a parallel story for this, it would have been when Moses turned the sea water to blood um, of Pharaoh's people. Okay. And the third bowl, when the waters became blood, fresh water sources. So now there was no fresh water to drink, no fresh water to bathe in. And the fourth bowl was when men were scorched with great heat 
So we get hot outside when the sun is beaming. But when the Bible refers to uh, uh, scorch, right, it's like a lot hotter than what it gets now. Um, it gets pretty hot. I've, I've had some really hot days. I remember um, it's been days where it might have re- reached like 120 degrees, okay? But it's even hotter than that. So we can just only imagine that that is extremely hot. The fifth bowl, when it speaks of darkness, the darkness is not lights out. It's like evil. It's it's just nothing but evil. Evil, evil, evil. So... And, and that's along the whole earth, okay? Just not parts of it, but the entire earth. And in verses 10 and 11, when it spoke about the seat, it was the temple, right? And the kingdom is the whole earth. So that's what they're referring to when when they say that well when it's in the bible all right so on the sixth bowl when it says that the river uh of the euphrates when it had dried it was to make a way for the army and if you the army um the way of the kings of the east will basically be prepared to invade israel and then the parallel story to that would have been when Moses parted the red well when God parted the Red Sea but Moses he used Moses and the Red Sea was parted so now just thinking back to verses 13 and 14 when it spoke of three unclean spirits it would have been like the dragon the beast and the false prophet now it was to gather them to the day of the battle to deceive the nations and to go against israel and then we get to bowl seven when they said it is done meaning that there is no more time that the army is now assembled for the battle because they are ready for slaughter jesus will come quickly to rescue israel It is the day of the Lord. He alerts the inhabitants on the earth of his coming. All right. So, looking back at this, this is not a time that any of us want to be here. All right. So, that's why saints... It is so important that we get God's word out. We get God's word out to warn people of the coming wrath for this entire world. We don't want to be here. You want to be right with our Lord and Savior. So now if we just go into chapter 17 of Revelation... And I will again uh, read out 
the verse and pick apart the scriptures. So for 17, it talks about the scarlet woman and the scarlet beast. And then starting at 17.7, it goes into the meaning of the woman and the beast. And that will be all of 17. So let's get to it. 17.1 starts off with, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead the name, a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw a woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with amazement. But the angel said to me, why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When, you, when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is here in the mind which has wisdom. Here is the mind which has wisdom. Sorry. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. The 10 horns which you saw are 10 kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is lord of lords and king of kings and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful amen then he said to me the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples multitudes nations and tongues and the ten horns which you saw on the beast these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with 
fire. For God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. All right, so let's go through the verses. Just so that you know, let me just back up for one second. Chapter 17 is a is spiritual Babylon. Okay, it is about the world religious system. And chapter 18, which we will read next, is commercial Babylon, which is world economic system. So in 17, the world will move into one world religion and in 18 it would be more like a political system a one world government one world economy all right so babylon fell just a little history babylon fell october 12th at 539 bc well in 539 bc now, the woman is called a harlot three times in Revelation 17, 1, chapter 15, chapter 16, and her title 17, 5 is Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. So the woman is false world religion that basically rises on the back of the Antichrist and it will seduce the nations. So, if we just want to go look in Genesis chapter 10 and verse 8. So, Genesis 10, 8, right here where it says, And Cush begot Nimrod, and he became a mighty one in the earth. Okay? So, just going to give you a little bit of history. So, hopefully, all of this ties together as it was when I was studying. I'm hoping that you get the same ah type moment right if you didn't know let's all have that together okay so genesis 10 8 i just read it said and cush begat nimrod he began to be a mighty one in the earth okay so these are the descendants of noah nimrod is the great grandson of noah and Babel is the ancient word for Babylon. Beginning days of the ancient city of Babylon, which was Babel, which Nimrod built Babel. Okay. Now, Nimrod, the meaning of the name Nimrod means rebellious one. Rebellious one. Okay. So now if you go with me to Genesis 10.9, it goes on to say, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, it says he's a mighty one before the Lord. In Hebrew, before meant is um, panim. Okay, and panim means face. So he was in the face of God. 
meaning he got in God's face. He was in opposition of our God. Okay, so he wasn't considered, he wasn't one that you would aspire to be. He got in God's face. This is the breakdown of what that means. And so one of the cities that um, he built was Babel. Now, if we just go to Genesis 11, and Genesis 11, I'm going to go 1 through 10, and I just want to kind of break this down. This is basically how the universal language came, Babel and the confusion. So Genesis 1 starts off, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, go to let us make brick and turn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth and the lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built it built sorry and the lord said behold the people is one and they have all one language and this they begin to do and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do go to let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech so the lord scattered them abroad from hence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did not confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. These are the generations of Shem. Shem was a hundred years old and begot Arphax two years after the flood all right so they wanted to use their unity in opposition of god okay genesis 11 4 where they said let us build a tower whose top may reach unto heaven okay they wanted to do this because during this time they were trying to worship the starry host like the sun the moon and the stars not god the sun the moon and the stars that's the reason they were trying to build this so if you trace all back to occult worship um, and babel this is basically where astrology had started so in genesis 10 7 when you saw let us go down and confuse their language that's the triune god I just wanted to point that out. So the people of Babel were worshiping the sun, the moon, and the stars. In addition, um, they were like 
an ancient legend where I'm just going to try to break this down as best I can. And please do your research as well. Don't just take my word. Do your research. Ask the Father if there's anything I'm telling you that you did not know. Research it and ask the Father for guidance as well. All right. So, Nimrod married a woman named Sumeramis. Sumeramis was said to be the queen of heaven. Not true, but this is what they said. And she's mentioned in Jeremiah 10 times. They had a son named Tammuz, and he was mentioned one time in Ezekiel 8, 14. Now, Tammuz was conceived miraculously, also not true. And he was gored by a boar and rose from the dead, also not true. But this is what their legend has. Okay. So Babel, they worship the mother-son combo. And I'm just going to go through what that mother-son combo was. And I'm hoping at the end, if you stick with me, it all ties together. So Babel worshipped where it was Sumeramis and Tammuz. Right? Sumeramis being the mother, Tammuz being the son. The Assyrians worship Ishtar and Tammuz. And then the Canaanites, their worship was Ashtir and Baal. The Egyptians worship Isis and Horus. The Greeks, they worship Aphrodite and Eros. And the Romans, they worship Venus and Cupid. So this is the birthplace of false religions and also where false religions will end. All right. When Revelation 17.1 speaks on, sits on many waters, all right, 17.15 is basically meaning it's a global influence. 17.2, and it speaks on the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. That's false religion, which is spiritual adultery. 17.3, where it says she is sitting on a scarlet beast, which is road to prominence with the Antichrist. All right. 17.4 we're speaking of arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, precious and stones and pearls, right? It's associated with wealth and royalty. 17.6, she was drunk with the blood of the saints, which is promoted through violence against believers. <sighs> All right. And... 17, 9 through 10. She sits on seven mountains, which are seven kings or kingdoms. This is associated with a political system. And in 10, where it says, five have fallen, one is, 
and the other has not yet come. All right. So five have fallen, meaning the past. One is, which is the present. The other not yet to come, which is the future. Okay. So based on John, this is based on where John is at that moment in the presence of the spirit. So Revelation 17.10, where it speaks of the five that have fallen. It was Egypt, Assyria, Babylonia, Medo-Persia, and Greece. The one that is was Rome. And the one that has yet to come. So it will be a ten-nation confederation that includes the Antichrist and rules for a little while until they give Antichrist full control. So the horn meaning that is the horn means authority. And since the Roman Empire, there have not been any other empire. Okay? And so just remember, this is all based on where John is in the presence of the Spirit when this was written. Now there will be the nation divided into ten nations. Among one of the ten, the Antichrist will be one of them. And they will all turn over their power to the Antichrist. So in Revelation 17, 16 through 17, where it says, The beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his purpose. And it says, To be one of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. The beast and the ten horns will hate the harlot and bring her to ruin and give their kingdom to the beast, overthrown and replaced so that the Antichrist will rule and is worshipped. Whew, Lord. All right. Revelation 18. Revelation 18. The fall of Babylon the Great. And at 18.9, it starts with the world mourns Babylon's fall. And starting at 21, is the finality of Babylon's fall. All right. So like before, I'm going to go ahead and read and we'll go through it. So after these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean, hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive their plagues. 
for her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her inequities render to her just as she had she rendered to you and repay her double according to her works in the cup which she has mixed mixed double for her in the measure that she glorify herself and live luxuriously in the same measure give her torment and sorrow for she says in her heart i sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow therefore her plagues will come in one day death and mourning and famine and she will truly she will be utterly burned with fire for strong is the lord who judges her the kings of the earth who committed fornication and live luxuriously with her will weep and laminate for her when they see the smoke of her burning standing at a distance for fear of her torment saying alas alas that great city babylon that cry that mightily city that mighty city for in one hour your judgment has come and the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore merchandise of gold and silver precious stones and pearls fine linen and purple silk and scarlet every kind of citron wood every kind of object of ivory every kind of object of most precious wood bronze iron and marble and cinnamon and incense fragrant oil and frankincense wine and oil fine flour and wheat cattle and sheep horses and chariots and bodies and souls of men the fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you and all the king all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you and you shall find them no more at all the merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment weeping and wailing and saying alas alas that great city that was clothed in fine linen purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls for one for in one hour such great riches came to nothing every shipmaster all who travel by ship sailors and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning saying what is like this great city they threw dust on their heads and cried out weeping and wailing and saying alas alas that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth for in one hour she was made desolate rejoice over her o heaven and you holy apostles and prophets for god has avenged you on her revelation 18:21 then a mighty angel 
took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea saying thus with violence the great city babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore the sound of harpists musicians flutists and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore no craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore and the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore the light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore and the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore for your merchants were the great men of the earth for by your sorcery all of the nations were deceived and in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth all right so before i break this down i'm just gonna do a quick reminder chapter 18 is commercial babylon this again is the world economic system So, Babylon is most mentioned city in the Bible next to Jerusalem. 18.1, this is not Jesus, but a similar angel is in chapter 17. Going up to verse 2, Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons meaning it will become desolate verse 3 where all the nations have drunk of the wine is nations are intoxicated with materialism and greed right we can see that right now like this is literally right now so people in this day will become overwhelmed with greed and material things we should always make sure that our identity is in the Lord, not in the stuff that we have, right? Not in the cars that we have or the houses we may have or the job we may have or the purses, women that we may have or the shoes or the clothes or uh, men, you know, Men like to dress well, not in their materialistic things, not in anything. Our identity should always be in Christ and Christ alone. Responsibility. Basically, live within your means. Do not be irresponsible and consistently in debt, in debt, or buying things that you know you can't afford, but you're charging it up, charging it up, and when it comes time to pay, you, you, you can't pay it or you're struggling to pay it let's be responsible and live within our means and tranquility let's just be at peace and content with what god has blessed us let's not be conveyors of what we don't have or what someone else has and we want that right let's just be at peace with what god has blessed us with so we should not be overwhelmed with greed or material things we shouldn't have greed at all but we should definitely not be wanting more 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 
The only thing we should be wanting more and more and more is God. More God. More God every day, all day. Everything else doesn't matter. 18.4, when it speaks of a call for God's people to separate themselves from this world system. Do not be a part of this world system. We are living in the world, but we are not to be of this world. Okay? We live in this world, but we're not to be of this world. 18.8, God will judge Babylon. All right. The world mourns Babylon's fall. All right. So in here, the one hour is, it will be quick, right? It's just, it's quick. Verses 12 through 14. These are a list of people who will mourn. And... It is for things like gold and silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, and silk and scarlet, right? And it just goes on to say more things like cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and and oil, fine flour and wheat. These are the things people will mourn. People will wish they, they still had. Um, verses, let's see, I'm kind of over the place, sorry. People would just basically be weeping over things, like materialistic things, and not their spiritual life, not their, their walk with God, not, not their relationship with God. So when you have too much attention on something, you notice how God will remove it from you? So only God should be exalted. Only God. You you can make other you can make a materialistic thing your God. So let's not do that. Right? Verse 20, there is now heaven. There is, I'm sorry, there is rejoicing in heaven while there is weeping on the earth. Okay? So it says, rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. So there's rejoicing in heaven, verse 20. And while it's rejoice in heaven, there is weeping on the earth. So the finality of Babylon's fall. Again, God will destroy Babylon. It's the economic system and the city is what I got from this study. It's both. The system and the city will be destroyed. God brings an end to spiritual Babylon and commercial um, political, right? All the politics, all of this, the spiritual Babylon, God's going to bring an end to all of that. So, if we look in 2 Thessalonians 2, 8. So, 2 Thessalonians 2, 8. Paul is writing, 
and he says and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy the with the brightness of his coming all right so he's talking about the lawless one the antichrist it will he will be overthrown by the breath of the lord and destroyed by his coming and that's in chapter 19 however this study was on 16 17 and 18 i can talk about jesus and god all day long so what i will do it's going to read a little bit of 19 <laughs> just a little bit of 19 all right so 19 and again anybody who um didn't hear it earlier i don't know what part you might have came in if you've been listening to the whole podcast so far but i am reading from the new king james version my 19 starts at heaven exalts over babylon so i'm just gonna read a little bit and let's go So after these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteousness are his judgments because he has judged a great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again, they said, Alleluia, his, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders of the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God, who sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. All right, so... 19 is about sounds and sights. It's going to be a lot of sounds in verses 1 and 6. These are about events in heaven. I haven't gone through all of 19. Just going through a little bit. But sights and sounds, if you want to take notes, if you want to go back and like so you can study it as well. Sites are going to be in verses 11, 17, and 19. These are about events that move from heaven to earth, culminating the second coming of Christ and the punishment of the Antichrist and the false Christ. Hallelujah is the Greek translation of hallelujah. Halle meaning praise. Luya meaning Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. Amen. Praise Yahweh. All right, I really want to get into 19. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness, you guys! I got. We can go over the Jewish wedding and the traditions. Oh my goodness! When I tell you this study has been like what? I get it. Oh my God! Thank you. When I when I tell you how how exciting it was just to read about the the wedding tradition during the study um praying and god is like leading me to things i 
don't know anything about a Jewish wedding and their traditions. Um, but I'm telling you, when you when you submit to the will of God and you study his word and you get um, awakened and you're like, oh, what? That makes sense. Now I understand, right? Things come together. They come together. And, oh, oh, okay. So obviously you don't have to wait on me to go over uh, 19 uh, next week, right? But I can't wait to start talking about it. Um, it's, it's amazing and it makes a lot more sense now that I've done the study and I understand it more when the church is called the bride and how we're waiting right for our Christ to return for us this is just it's just so awesome I'm excited I'm excited to go over it. I'm excited that God has given me this passion to to speak about it. Um, it's, uh, sometimes I just, I don't know, I get like at a loss for words at times. Um, God is awesome, you guys. I'm going to leave you with this. And... This is a, this is a, well, I guess one of my, my favorite, right, salvation uh, scripture is Romans 10, 9 through 11. People, you need to give your life to God. He loves you. And he wants all to be saved. You can't just say the words. You should wholeheartedly mean it. Wholeheartedly mean it. Admit that you're a sinner and you are in need of a savior. Wholeheartedly ask the Lord to come into your life. And to do finish his work in you you think about how things look in other countries right i'm not sure where um where you are but i'm in the u.s and it's not perfect but when i look at it compared to other places I'm grateful for where I am. And I say that to say it can always be worse regardless where you live or what your personal circumstances are. I may not have everything I want and that's okay because who I have is my Lord and Savior in my life. And having my Lord and Savior is better than anything I've ever had, ever.
and I've been low and I mean low on like money low on just my mood (laughs) and I've been high right in the same aspect but what I know that stays constant is the love of Christ Christ without Christ it didn't matter it wouldn't it wouldn't matter how much stuff I had and you can't see me but I'm doing like air quotations if if I didn't have Christ it wouldn't matter how much stuff quotations it wouldn't matter how much stuff I had because without Christ I'm bankrupt my soul is bankrupt what am I doing with my life if I'm not living it for my king he is so beautiful he will come in to your life and change it for the better you go through hard times but it is okay because he is with you he's with you when times are good when times look like why am i going through this god is constantly there he will not leave he will not leave us he won't leave us he loves us he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for us that's how much he loves us and that love is pure and it's true and it's no other that could ever come close to the love that christ has for us so i ask that if there is anyone who does not know christ And you want to know Christ. Give him your heart. And and mean it with every word. To repent means to turn away. Not to go back to. To leave it behind. Repent of your sins. And realize that there's no way. There's nothing that we could ever do on our own to get us into the kingdom of God other than accepting Jesus into your life that's the only thing we can do is accept the Lord into your life what he did on the cross it it can never it's it's, it's nothing we could ever do to to top what he's done all right you could be and here go my air quotations again you could be a good person but the bible says there is none good not one there's no good we can do things that are nice but we're not good there's not a such thing as a good person so there's nothing we could ever do christ did it all on the cross when he died for our sins and he rose again amen it's nothing we could ever do jesus did it he we were bought at a price we were bought at a price give your life to christ he truly loves you I'm going to end this with 
if there's anyone and it and I mean anyone it, it, it doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't when you ask for forgiveness and you accept him into your life he really truly forgives he does not hold it over your head he will not remind you okay that's Satan Satan is always out to try to persuade the brethren trying to keep us from our relationship with Christ he's trying to keep you from entering the kingdom of heaven because he's not getting back in there there's just no way he's ever getting back in there every word of God is true every word of God is true so just think about the last part that I mentioned on knowing Christ get to know him just as he's love he's also wrath and the things that we're going through the study of revelation no one wants to be here for that I love you all until we meet again.